Welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. My name is Mickey, and I'm also known as Hockey She Wrote. So today is the day after Halloween. Hopefully anybody who wanted to have fun on Halloween did. Uh, I took my kids out trick-or-treating, and even though it was uh, pretty cold, we had a lot of fun. Uh, We had three inches of snow or so on the ground, but it is what it is. And we will talk about the Wild and their Halloween plans in a little bit here, because I have a lot to say. I have some thoughts. But first, we're going to jump in. So since my last recording, they the Wild played the Devils on Sunday afternoon, evening. So first, one of the things I thought was funny is coming into the game. It was raining there. They had pictures of the guys coming in in their suits, walking in the rain. And Duhame appeared to be the only one with a coat. And I felt like that was just, if I had to pick that one person was going to wear a coat in the rain, I don't think Brandon Duhame was going to be that one. Unless maybe his girlfriend packed it for him. I don't know. Just, just a thought. But let's move on to the game against the Devils. Now, the biggest bummer with this road trip is that they came away with one point. They could have gotten six. They came away with one. And two of the games were actually not that bad. The Wild didn't play terribly. They didn't play great. It just wasn't enough. Now, Flower got his second start in net because he had done so well the game before, and he deserved it. He earned that net, and he did pretty well that night also. But I don't know. It just wasn't enough to get past the Devils. One thing I did like, so we, the Wild ended up scoring three goals that night. I love that two of the goals were scored by players that I call unlikely goal scorers, meaning that it's not impossible, but just when you think of who is going to score a goal from the Wild, they're not your top choices. So uh, Pat Maroon scored his first goal in a Wild sweater, and he scored the first goal of the game for the Wild. One of the best parts was that just before he scored, he was on the ice. He was, you know, barking at one of the opponents, you know, chirping him, the other guys chirping him back. And then that same opponent, Maroon gets the puck and just blows by him to score this goal. And Maroon, believe it or not, in the last six games, he has six points. When I think back, now I will say, I was a Ryan Reeves fan. Uh, I don't know if I am anymore because that hit on Freddie Goudreau, just, I don't know if I can forgive that. I mean, how can you, how can you hit a little French Canadian man like that? It's not okay. But it's amazing that Maroon has brought to the team most of the things that Ryan Reeves brought, but he also brought with the ability to make plays, score goals. He can, he's not fast. But he can pick up the pace if he needs to. It's just kind of, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about Pat Maroon because I really liked Ryan Reeves. But I got to say, I'm on the Pat Maroon, on the Pat Maroon uh, train, I guess. Big rig. We're in the big rigs trailer. I don't know. Um, And I think what really, really solidified it was that between the, uh, the periods, I think it was between first and second, he had an interview with Kevin Gorg. And after the interview, you know, uh, 
Kevin's always like, oh, okay, thank you very much. And the player walks off and then he, you know, does his little spiel back to commercial. Uh, but this time Maroon walks between Kevin Gorg and the camera. And there was just something so, I don't know if I want to say adorable. There's something just so like, uh, ah, he's just, he's just Pat Maroon, you know, I just, it made me laugh. It was just something that kind of gave me a little bit, even more love for him. So we move on to the second period and something very exciting for wild fans happened because last year in this circumstance, the wild and coach Dean Evison did not have much success. And that is in calling challenges. Dean Evison so far this year has challenged two goals and he has won both of those challenges. Now, I didn't look into statistics for last year, but I just remember there were so many times that he would challenge for goal, you know, goaltender interference or, you know, offsides or whatever. And even what if it seemed like it was absolutely going to happen for us and that it would be overturned, it just wasn't. I, I feel like they won maybe one all year. So far, he's already won two. So I don't know if that's just the league decided to like the wild a little bit or if they're just the the goals that they're challenging are just so egregiously offsides that the the refs are like well i guess we gotta you know it during while they're waiting for the review i have to say i love a good in arena dj i love a dj who can take what's happening uh, take the mood and pick the right song because while they were uh, re-looking at the goal, while they were challenging the goal, the DJ put on Let It Be. And I just, you know what? I I don't know if I should think it's as funny as I do, but I was like, mm, 100%. So they overturned it, which was great. And you know what? After that, that really helped get a little jump in the Wilds game. There was a lot of uh, good pressure after that in the second. There was even good pressure going into the third, but it just still wasn't enough. It was back to uh, special teams were not great. Power play was not great. PK was not great. And unsurprisingly, this morning in team practice, they were working on special teams. It's just something that they just can't quite get together. But uh, so the... We'll get to the, the third period here. And we had another unlikely goal scorer. So in the first, we had unlikely goal scorer, Pat Maroon. In the second, we had Ryan Hartman. Uh, he's a likely goal scorer, so I'm not including him in this. But in the third, we had a Jake Middleton goal. And I love a Jake Middleton goal. I love a Jake Middleton. Uh, I just want him to succeed in life in general. But I did not realize that as of that point, they said this on the broadcast, he was leading all defensemen in points. In a way, it makes sense. Uh, usually, that would, I would say, probably be Spurgeon, right? But with the power play not going great, and Addison, then, you know, that's kind of where he collects his points. Uh, Brodine and Faber are not really prolific, you know, goal scorers or anything. They, they have some points. But somehow Middleton is the one that has been leading the defense. And I just, I love that for him. 
you know, I'm sure that won't keep up, especially when Spurgeon gets back in the lineup, which is hopefully soon. But we'll see. Now, obviously, we lost the game. So I'm, I'm going to move on from that. But one thing I will say is that last year, when they played the New Jersey Devils, was probably one of the best Anthony LaPanta calls ever. That was when they went into overtime and Matt Boldy ends up scoring that goal. He'd been on the ice for, gosh, like a minute. He was just gassed. And he comes from all the way on the other side. He's in our zone. He skates it all the way up the ice. And you can see that he is just out of whatever is fueling him at this point. He is like, it's tank is empty. It is dry. And he somehow gets down there and scores. And that is the best LaPanta call ever. So go back and rewatch that if you don't remember, because it really is. You can just hear his excitement. I think that's one of the things why I really like the local broadcasts is because Anthony LaPanta, I mean, he does a pretty good job of being, you know, unbiased. At the same time, you can tell his passion for the team. You know, the Wild are his team. And he is going to be excited when they make amazing plays like that. I also remember that after that, they were interviewing Mason Shaw in the locker room. and. I always go back and think he said something about uh, Boldy looked like he was dragging a piano behind him. And that just, I don't know. It seems like one of those just hockey sayings Um, in high school, the coach of the high school hockey team had a few of those where he would, he would throw into the interviews for the local newspaper. You know, he would talk about how it's going to be a barn burner tonight. And uh, we, we gotta, we gotta lace up our boots and bring our lunch pails to the arena. And I feel like, you know, pulling the piano behind you. I feel like it's one of those. So the guys had two days off, two days of break, which is great. And hopefully they are revitalized, especially because they got to have a Halloween party with all their best buddies and their partners. And then they got to the ones that have kids got to take their kids out trick or treating the next night. And now they're back today. They had practice this morning. So now what do they need to do? Like I said, they were working on special teams, and hopefully that will help a little. Obviously, it's going to be totally changing to have Matt Boldy back. From what Dean Evison said this morning, Matt Boldy should be back in the lineup tomorrow night against the Devils again here at home, you know, unless something all of a sudden changes after practice today. So if everyone will just continue to cross your fingers with me, because that's right away something that can help the power play for sure. And just uh, primary scoring. Right now, most of the scoring is coming from these depth guys. And that's not a bad thing. We want depth scoring. The problem is it's only coming from the depth score, like scoring. The primary scorers, obviously Boldy has been out of the lineup, but uh, Kaprizov is hardly putting up points at all. He still is because he's Kirill. And so somehow he does still find a way, but he is not putting up points like he should. Uh, Zuki's not really putting up points like he should. Uh, Ek? Ek is, you know, Ek is doing pretty well. He's Ek. The other, oh, and uh, I did see today that Jules Erickson Ek is tied for, I believe, second in most faceoffs, one so far this season. So for a team that has had trouble in that regard, uh, that was just a really exciting thing to see. 
Now, I don't really know what's going on with Kirill Kaprizov. And I don't think anyone, I don't think he even knows. But it's been strange to watch him. He isn't playing like he normally does. And I'm not sure why. I'm really hoping that it'll just be one of those, like, one of these days it'll just, you know, he'll be back. And, you know, hopefully that's what it will be. Now, they sent down, I can't remember if I talked about this last episode, but they uh, reassigned Jujar Kara and Damon Hunt back to Iowa. So we've still got Dakota Mermis in the lineup. We've still got Vanilla Terry in the lineup. And Spurgeon will be out at least one more game. As If he's feeling okay, then he's eligible to come back from long-term injured reserve on Saturday. So Mermis will be in the lineup at least one more game. And you know what? I don't, we don't really know where Jared Spurgeon is in his recovery right now. So who knows if he'll be back on Saturday or he'll have to wait a little longer. But Vinny Letary is still in the lineup also. It looks like he'll be skating on the fourth line with the Deweys because Freddie Goudreau is still out. He did not skate this morning. Uh, I don't think he has skated since he was injured or, you know, since they took him out of the lineup. I don't think he has skated. Uh, both Boldy and Spurgeon skated this morning with the team. So uh, Spurgeon did get off of the ice after the first part of practice, but just seeing him there with them is such a good sign. And the the they did not recall another forward. So that's also like another sign that they are expecting Boldy to be in the lineup. They are like, they do not have backup. And now could they get backup? Yes. Thankfully, Des Moines is not that far away. Takes what, three hours, maybe four to drive up. You know, they, they could. But so that's kind of where we're standing with all of this. Now to the part of the episode we've all been waiting for. The Minnesota Wild Halloween party. Now, if you have seen the picture, the group picture that they took, I think we all know what the social media admin thought when he got that, when they got that picture. I guess I don't know who the admin is. I should not assume. I'm assuming that their thought process, however, was something like, you've got to be kidding me. That is the lowest quality picture that I think I've seen. Like, who took that? Did did you take it on Gus's Android? Is that why it's... I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Okay, they're not low quality phones. I'm sorry. Don't get mad. It's But it's hard because also nobody else has seemed to post many pictures of their Halloween costumes. So there are several people, we have no idea what their costumes are. We don't even know for sure who is who. But we'll start, you know, so if you look at the picture, we'll start kind of on the left side and see if we can go around. Now, Kirill Kaprizov was a wizard. I'm assuming he's supposed to be Harry Potter because he's wearing glasses. I did not recognize him at first. So I thought that was actually a really funny costume. Now, next to him is top three costumes of, of the Minnesota wild this year. We've got Patrick Maroon and his tiny wife dressed as black swan characters, the two characters. That is the most amazing costume. And I wonder where they found a costume for Maroon, like a just 
a big enough tutu. Like he is just a big guy. And I love when they were posting the 360 camera that it would go around and his wife would just completely disappear behind him. Like she's just so small that you just couldn't even see her. I'm sorry about that. I bumped my mic. But so that's in my top three. The, The fact that the enforcer on the team was dressed as a ballerina will delight me for ages. We had Dewar and his girlfriend dressed as Batman. We had the Felinos dressed as Posh Spice and David Beckham. We had uh, the Zookies were in some kind of a costume that nobody can, t- can tell. The Johansons also couldn't quite tell what they were. And then the Fabers, or Faber and his girlfriend. This was one that, for some reason, it just did not click in my brain right away. But somebody said they're from the Sandlot. They're Squints and Wendy from the Sandlot. Made a lot of sense. Uh, I like that Brock Faber takes his glasses wearing and he translates that into a costume, which, you know, Dakota Mermis did too, but we'll get there. Then there's a ninja standing there. And at first, I thought that was Brandon Duhame. Now, I don't know who it is because we've figured out where Brandon Duhame is in the picture because he was hidden. I legitimately did not see him at first. But this ninja... I'm at a loss. I, it could be Freddie Goudreau. It, some were saying maybe Middleton. Some were saying maybe Eck. I guess my best guess would be Freddie Goudreau. I, you can't tell. They're all covered. It's, you know, got a ninja head covering. So uh, maybe you will find out. Maybe we won't. Then the Middletons, it looked like perhaps they were rednecks. Some kind of. Again, they are very hidden. I don't know. Uh, Addison and his girlfriend, Rossi and his girlfriend. I don't know. Although Rossi's girlfriend, Marco Rossi's girlfriend, appeared to have a halo on. So an angel and he was dressed in something black. So maybe, I'm, I don't know. I'm at a loss once again. Now, the one that I'm really sad that we haven't gotten a full picture of. We've gotten one other kind of behind the scenes picture. But usually... Danielle Spurgeon is really good about posting their Halloween costumes. And and she should, because she does an amazing job. She has put together some fantastic costumes in the past. And I can tell what she is. She's Britney Spears. She's dressed as um, the pigtail schoolgirl, Britney Spears. And then we are all assuming that Jared Spurgeon is also dressed as a version of Britney Spears. But... We've had no confirmation. There have been no pictures of head-to-toe Spurge so that we can tell. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that she will post some pictures because I would love to see. That's some big commitment to a costume. And I really want to appreciate it a little more. Now, uh, the Letaries were dressed as characters from Yellowstone. Uh, I have heard a lot about Yellowstone. I have not watched it. I'm assuming they did a good job. It looked like they had a lot of details. Then let's see, Boldy and his girlfriend were dressed as the SNL skit with Pete, Pete Davidson and uh, Timothy Chalamet. I think is that his name? Where they do the the yeet skirt, and I had not seen that skit until like 
two days ago. So then I happened to be able to put it together. I I loved it. It's that one seemed a little out of left field, and I like that. That did not seem like a boldy costume, and that's why I think it's really great. Now to another one of the top three costumes, however, is Dakota Mermis, who has dressed as Brock Faber. And this is kind of going along with a trend that has happened in the past with players dressing as other players. And to dress as Brock Faber, I have to say, it's not that difficult. You know, you put on some U of M gear and you put on some glasses and that's what Mermis did. And you know what? He nailed it. Now his wife, we couldn't quite tell what she was. I could see she was holding like a binder and it looked like it maybe had pictures of Brock on it and like a, like a pen. I don't know if she was supposed to be like his, like dress as Brock's girlfriend. I don't know. Again, we didn't get a very close up picture. Now watch while I'm, while I'm recording this, watch everybody drop their behind the scenes Halloween pictures. And then all of this will be for naught. That's okay. Things happen. The Hartmans. Now this was another great costume because it was another one that required some dedication. Uh, Ryan Hartman was dressed as Dr. Phil and his wife was dressed as bad Barbie or bad baby, bad baby. The, the levels that Hartman had to go to for this costume, he had a bald cap on, he had like a big, something to make like a big gut. It was just amazing. And I heard, uh, or I saw a quote from this morning saying that he is still kind of getting like the glue off of his head (laughs) from the bald cap. So yes, that takes dedication. Now I did see somewhere the Merrills were dressed as like an electrical socket and a plug, like an innuendo kind of a joke thing. Uh, and then the, the flurries, we know that their costume was probably the, probably the number one. It, it had to be the number one. We've got Mark Andre as the, uh, Bush, the shrub, the shrub and his wife as Edward Scissorhands. I am really like, I am fascinated by this costume, this shrub costume. Can you buy that? Did, did Vernique have to make that? And then how, how would she make it? That is talent. I, as someone who is a fellow mother, how does she have so much time on her hands? I'm a little jealous and talent. And there's the talent to do it. If, if she made all of that. Now, one person that we are maybe missing is Jewel Erickson Eck. Now I'm pretty sure he is the face paint, crazy black wig abomination towards the left of the picture. But I don't know what he is. Now, I think it'd be really funny if he was also dressed as Edward Scissorhands. And then I kind of get into this, you know, did did he, did Eck come up with this costume idea a long time ago? Flurry hears him say that. And then Flurry's like, hey, Veronique, we're going to go as that and we're going to make an even better costume because I feel like that's something Flurry would do. And I feel like his wife would be like, yeah, let's do that. But I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, the Galagoskis. I guess there, there are four kind of top costumes because again, the Galagoskis, they're dressed as dumb and dumber and their level of detail. I mean, like they right away drew my eye to them in the picture, knew exactly who they were supposed to be amazing work, just amazing. And then you had Mason Shaw as Willie Nelson. We all love a Shaw sighting. 
It's always exciting to see him still here with the team because we all miss him. Although I am curious because originally the Minnesota Wild Instagram on their story, they were posting a few of the 365 camera uh, videos. They posted one of Shaw. I watched it like once or twice. And then they deleted it, but they left all the other ones. So I don't know if there was something I didn't see that they were like, oh, that's not good. But they took it off. And then the last two guys that we had were Jonas Brodeen and Philip Gustafson. Brodeen is definitely a shark. And people are assuming Gustafson is also a shark. I kind of thought that Gus's costume looked a little bit like a manta ray. Either way, they're sea creatures. Someone was wondering if Connor Dewar tried to fight them. That would be a little scary because he wasn't a Batman costume. Either way, Brodeen looks like he is over it and he was... Uh, forced, like physically forced inside of this shark costume. And Gustafson looks like he is just absolutely delighted and life is great. And the dichotomy of them together, standing next to each other, art. Now, the Minnesota Wild page did post one other thing on Halloween. And it was a not weird wild, very short. And this one was definitely a, a weird, on the weirder end. It was Jake Middleton. And his toothless mouth, mouth smile, it wasn't really, a, it was kind of a smile, but they made it look like a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> and I don't, I, oh, like, where did this idea come from? Who had the idea? And then who sat down and spent time to be like, I'm going to make Jake Middleton's, you know, toothless mouth, look like a jack-o'-lantern. And that's how we're going to celebrate Halloween here on the Minnesota Wild Instagram page. I would love to just pick their brains. At the same time, I feel like I would have those kinds of really random ideas. And so I get it. And also, if you date another person on the team, on your you know social media team, I cannot take pictures or edit them for the life of me. I also cannot make videos for the most part. But I have a lot of ideas. So if you need an idea, girl, that's me. So what have we got coming up here? It is the first day of November or Movember. And Midzi on the ice today was clean shaven. So he is obviously doing Movember. Uh, apparently Hartman also was. We'll see how that goes. I always am interested to see who else is going gonna, is gonna to grow the mustache. Because there's a lot of them that they just, they can't grow facial hair, especially when put next to Jake Middleton. But it's always kind of, it's almost like cute to be like, oh, look at them. They're getting a little mustache. They're trying. So I guess we'll see. You know, we've, we've got to get like 15, 20 days into November 1st. Uh, before we can kind of make a judgment call on who we think is actually trying to grow a mustache. Uh, otherwise, we are, the Wild are playing the Devils again tomorrow night, this time here at home at the Excel Center. I'm a little bummed because my brother had tickets. He can't come home and I can't go. I'll still be watching the game, of course, on TV. But it's always really hard when he's like, hey, do you want the tickets? And I'm like, because yes, I do want them. Can I use them? Not unless I rearrange a whole bunch of things in my life. So I guess next time. 
But hopefully this time the wild will be better. They are getting boldly back. That should be very helpful. Um, otherwise, they are also playing the Rangers on Saturday. And then Sunday is the outdoor practice. I am thinking about going. I don't know if any of you are going to be there also. I saw pictures from last year's. It looked really fun. And I, it looks like it's not going to be super cold, which is always... Look, I'm a Minnesotan. I bundle up. I went to the Winter Classic outside. I know how to stay warm. I just don't like being cold. You know what I mean? So we will see if I go. And the one other thing that I was hoping to do before today's episode was finish watching the Beyond Our Ice. And like I told you guys on uh, Sunday when I recorded my last one, I had seen about half of it. And then I had put it on my list like, oh, I'm going to watch the other half on YouTube and we'll, uh, then I'll you know, be able to break it down a little bit and be good to go. Uh, I remembered that when I sat down, you know, what, 30 minutes ago and was writing my notes for today's episode. That was when I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I will get to that. I'm sure many of you have seen it, but I just always like to, you know, jump in there and talk a little bit about it. So we are getting to the end of the episode here. I just want to remind you that you can find me on social media. I am mostly on Twitter or X. I also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page, which I try to be present on. Those are, all, they're all under Hockey She Wrote. That, like I said last time, uh, my love of Murder She Wrote and my love of hockey smashed together. Hockey She Wrote. You can find me there. Otherwise, I will be back in your podcast feed on Sunday for episode four. So have a good day, everybody, and keep up the good vibes. <laughs>